Our um, quote for the week, I thought it went along with our lesson, poverty in the wallet is much easier to cure than poverty of the mind. And that that is the state of where most people that have financial problems are. You know, that's the thing with the government. The government's trying to do a good thing by helping people, but it's not the money. They don't know what to do with the money when they get the money. It's a mind problem, a thinking problem, how to handle money that causes no matter how much money you get, you still end up in the same situation. You know, I, I, I you run across people all the time. They, they spend everything they get because it's, it's not about the money. It's how they think. It's, it's a poverty mentality. And that's what we're talking about here is how to prosper in hard times. Let's go to page 26. We were on review our scriptures again uh, that we we had at the end of the study last week before last, and we're gonna to go to Proverbs six and then Deuteronomy twenty eight. And I, I, that Proverbs six I put on the screen. I wanted to show that at the Message Bible like we did the other week. Find Proverbs. Deuteronomy 28, and then Deuteronomy 30. Well, we're talking about the ant here. Um, this chapter is is about, I think, stewardship isn't the right thing, but it's about how we look at things and our willingness. You, you know, when you give people information to help them, I'm not just talking about money, because that's what this book, and we're, we're talking about how to prosper in hard times that, that, that we're having now. You know, only about 10% of those people will do anything with that information. You know, 90% of the people are not willing to do the work. And that's why in this nation, you know, you you have the majority of the people living at one standard and another majority living at another standard. It all, you know, in this country, it depends on what you want to do. You know, you can be in, it don't matter what your financial status is. There's always better. There is a way out. There is a way to do better. There is a way to get, uh, you know, and y'all, y'all know my ninja story. You know, we, we would eat grits one night. We would eat biscuits the next night. That's all we had, you know. But now 30 years later, our lives are way, 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 way different than, than they, than they were back then. We just, but we didn't, she'd go to the grocery store or any store with a calculator. Because that's all we had. You couldn't overspend it. You didn't want to be embarrassed by going to the cashier and having to put stuff back. So you had, I mean, so, so wherever you are, you're never in a hole too deep that if you're willing to, to do the work and learn the principles of, of the kingdom that you can't get out of. And so it, it's available to anybody. The question is, not everybody is willing to, to, to do the work. Alright, Proverbs chapter 6. We're talking about the ant. Let's read what Solomon, the wisest man, had to say. TV catch up. There we go. This is the Message Bible because it kind of talks. I kind of like in your face where I can understand it. it. Says, "You lazy fool, look at an ant. Watch it closely. Let it teach you a thing or two. Nobody has to tell it what to do. All summer it stores up food." And harvest and stockpiles provisions. So how long are you going to laze around doing nothing? How long before you get out of bed? A nap here, a nap there, a day off here, a day <coughs> off there. Sit back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this. 
You can look forward to a dirt poor life. Poverty, your permanent house guest. And that's about as plain as you can, you can say it. Uh, you know, we always, our mentality has got to where we look at somebody else to bail us out all the time. But the Bible, if you understand God's financial principles, He'll bail you out. He'll help you. But in the process, you're going to have to learn something. If not, then that help won't continue to be there because you're not willing to change. You just There's a difference in, in, in a lot of people that, 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 that I've counseled with over time. A lot of people want relief. They don't want help. They just want some relief from that present situation. They really don't want change. And you see a lot of that when people come to church. They get saved. They've got all these problems. And as soon as the problem goes away, they go away. So they never really wanted change. They just wanted relief. See, and, and, and it's a big difference, you know. Change, what does, what does change do? Change means that you're on a different level in life. That you can look back at that problem and not have to keep recycling. You've changed your look, outlook, you've changed your mentality, you've changed your habits, you've changed the way you think, you've changed all that. And, that, and now you're, you're able to put that part of life behind you and, and, and move on to something else. Alright? And, number one, page 26. Self-motivation. This is only, this is often the only difference between prosperous and poor people. Deuteronomy 28, we read these scriptures here. We'll read verses 12 and 13. It says, The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasures of heaven to give thee rain upon thy land in this season and to bless all the work of thy hand. Thou shalt lend to many nations and thou shalt not borrow. The Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. Thou shalt be above only and shall not be beneath if thou hearken to the commandments of the Lord thy God which I command thee this day. Now, if you'll notice this trend throughout the Bible. God always asks us for something. See? Because zero, we got, we got a mathematician here. Zero times zero is all, zero times anything is always what? Zero. See? So if you've got nothing for God to multiply, then, then, then there's no multiplication. He's asking you to always, if you look through every story, in the Bible, where Jesus did any miracle, or where the Elisha, Elijah, all the prophets, they did any miracle, they always asked those people what they had. Don't matter. It didn't matter how minute it was. It was their willingness to give God what little they had, so He could multiply. See, so you, He's always going to ask you for something. That's why the Bible talks a lot about work. You know, if you don't work, you don't eat. You know, you got to get give something for God to get involved in in your financial situation. Yeah. And verse thirteen, I want to I want you to really look at this and spend some time with this. It says, And the Lord, because He you're doing something, He's gonna bless the work of your hands, what you're doing in verse twelve. The Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. See, so whatever you're looking at right now in your life, you feel like you're the tail end. 
you feel like you you're the short end of the stick. You know all all those sayings we say, right? But this is saying God's best is if you will follow His procedure, that He'll make you the top of that, not the bottom of that. You'll be the one up here holding the rope that everybody's hanging on to, instead of the one down here dangling, hanging on the rope. So don't ever think that your situation is so bleak that there's not hope, there's not a, a better way for you. Because if you follow these precepts that, that we talk about in these classes and in God, you'll look back in, in, in a year or two, or especially five years, and you won't even recognize those situations. You'll be so far, so far from them. Deuteronomy 30, verse 9, and then we'll get back into our book. Deuteronomy 30, verse 9. And the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thy hands. See, that's what he's saying. You've got to do something. He'll multiply. He'll bless what you find to do with your hand. You'll find favor with your boss man. You'll find raises. You'll find promotion. You'll, all these things by, by being busy. I don't care if it's volunteering. It don't, God don't put a pay scale on what you're supposed to do. You're just supposed to do what He asks you to do. You know, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's volunteering or if it's actually paying, it doesn't matter. Because it's the same to God because it's not about the money, it's about the obedience. See? And the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy cattle, and the fruit of thy land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good as he rejoiced over thy fathers. Alright, number two. The ant does, and we're going, we stop down here on, on, uh, on six, so I'm just going to hit these others quickly. Verse 2. The ant does not look to others to fulfill his own responsibilities for provision. Number 3. The ant instinctively knows the difference between a season of celebration and a season of preparation. Yeah, preparation. Anytime you get some money, income tax, bonus, somebody gives you some money, the first thing we do is we think how we're going to spend that money. Right? That's the first thing we think about. That is totally and biblically incorrect. The first thing we do is say, God, what do you want me to do with this money? He may know what's coming next week. And hey, you need to put that back. Just hold on to it. You know, or, or you may need to pay this off or do that or the other. But you always take the opportunity to say, Hey Lord, what do you want me to do with this? Don't pre-spend it in your head. And that's why you know, when we face the income tax season, everybody starts guesstimating what they're going to get and we all start making plans what we're going to do with that money. See, that's worldly thinking, not kingdom thinking. Because God wants to bless that, to bless the work of your hands. So the first thing we have to do is give Him opportunity to give us wise counsel on what to happen. Because more times than not, when we spend up all that money, we look back and we say, I didn't realize I was going to need this later. And then we're back where we was to start with. We're behind again. See? To always remember that. Make you a mental note of whatever you got to do that always ask Him, what do I do with this? Even, and it's even better to start doing it with your paycheck. Every time you get paid. Because why? He says He can take that money and he'll stretch it further than you could ever stretch it. He can give you ideas and thoughts about things that you never knew, see, and he'll stretch that money out for you. But you got to ask him. He's a perfect he's not like the devil, see. The devil will come in, he's rude, he's pushy, he's pressury, 
and try to force you to do stuff. God's a gentleman. He's going to be back over here in the corner. And until you ask Him, He's just going to stay there. And when you ask Him, He'll say, how can I help you? But until we make that move, He's a perfect gentleman. Why? Because He recognizes us as free moral agents. Which means He gives us the right to choose. We can choose heaven. We can choose hell. We can choose hate. We can choose love. He made us free to make choices. And we are the sum total of our life, whether we like our life or don't like our life, we're the sum total of our choices that we've made over our life. See? So how do we change that? We change our choices, then we change our life. See? But as long as we keep making the same choices, then we're going to keep having the same problem. See? Does that make sense to you? Alright, number four. The ant saves for the future. Now, I, I want to... I'm most of y'all are, are, are much younger than than me and Mark and all. But when we talk about retirement, and I just want to say this quickly, we'll deal with it, deal with it later if we need to. Everybody's always interested in in, in, in in how much money they're gonna have when they retire. But but I want to ask you about a different investment. And if you've been in this class a long time, you've already heard me say this. So many people retire and then they spend their lifetime at the doctor's office. What about investing in your health as well as your wealth so you can enjoy your retirement? Most people don't do that. Most people don't invest in their health. See, then they get retirement age. No matter if they got a lot or little, they can't enjoy it because their life cycles around their physical and health problems. Spend time to invest in your health as well as as your retirement. Because God's best is for you to be able to enjoy what He blesses you with. That's his best, see. I know for some of y'all, this is many, many years out. For folks like me, I mean, I ain't four or five years away from it, you know. And I was talking to this lady on the phone. I, I got to uh, go to Birmingham next week for some tests. And, and they call you and ask you all these health questions. You had this? No. You had that? No. Yes or no. You had this? You had no. She said, well, what are you coming here for? Ain't nothing wrong with it. I said, I'm coming because the doctor told me I, I needed this test. Because I, I believe in... And getting a physical and getting tests. So you find out early if there's something wrong with you. You know, I know so many people that have died because they're scared to go to the doctor. Scared what the doctor might tell them. But that don't change where I'm at right now if I'm just scared the doctor's going to tell me. I still got whatever I got. Get it fixed. And then you don't have to deal with it. Anyway, I don't want to get off on that. I said I wasn't going to spend but a second on it, didn't I? <laughs> Number five. Ants give complete focus to the immediate task at hand. All right, number six is where we left off last week. Ants understand their productivity benefits not only them, but those they live with as well. Now, I'll show you this on, on, on the screen here, something I occasionally see in my, my, my kids. If, if you read, if you notice in the Bible, God's interested in you, but He's equally or more interested in your children, your grandchildren, your great grand. Everything He does, He's interested in, in blessing way out. And what we don't understand about Deuteronomy 28, the, you know, those first 14 verses, is that if we live that as parents, our children are automatically covered with that. I'm going to show you this from, from Bill Winston here, a little quote that I, that I saved in my, in my phone. And I send this occasionally to my kid just to remind them. If you have faith 
the blessing will always take care of you. Those, those first 14 verses of Deuteronomy 28 is the blessing. That's what God promised you when you got saved. The covenant that you are under says God will be your God. He will always deliver your what? See? My children are prosperous because I'm prosperous. Now, what I want my children to understand is that it's their responsibility to be prosperous so their kids can be prosperous. You follow me? Don't They can't forget just because they got an easy life because mom and dad did the work that they turn around messing up their children because they because they, they, they lazy, they're not doing what they're supposed to do to teach their children these things that we're talking about, see? So your children have to understand that that you know and I won't go into detail, but but one of my children, a corporation, took their board of directors and changed company policy just so they could hire them. See that's just supposed to happen. You're supposed to say that happens to me all the time. See, that if I need this, if this is part of God's blessing in my life, it don't matter. They'll change company policy. They'll change corporations to be able to get my kids where they're supposed to be. See, we have that power, that spiritual power that we don't understand we have. See? And we need to start practicing that and, and, and instill it and let our kids understand. Y'all got a job to do too. You know, you can't sit back and do anything either. You, you, got, you can't just enjoy what mom and dad has, has believed for. You got you got a job to do too. But you notice the Bible. What does it say? It always talks about your children's children. See, it don't ever talk about your children. If you read all those promises, it's about your children's children, your grandchildren. See why? Because my children should already be taught. Now we got to get the grandchildren. Then we got to get the great grandchildren. Then we got to get. See, then after a while, it becomes a lifestyle inside that family. See, and it's just an automatic. Y'all with me? I know we're deep today, but, but we, we need to get this. Number seven. Ants understand the task at hand will always be too large to involve, not to involve the help, the strength, and the wisdom of others. Don't be scared to ask for help. And, and, and I know I've said this several times, but we've got a lot of different people in here today. Maybe some had not heard it. You know, we the church, we are body. We are we, we are body. We're all one. Everybody in here has had different life experiences. Some good, some bad. See, so when somebody new comes in, somebody in our church should be able to relate to them. Don't be ashamed of what happened in your past because it's the past. God don't remember, but that experience and, 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 and the feelings you had and the frustration you had and all those things, see, you could help somebody else with. Because most people, when they come in, see, they see us how we are now, not how where we were when we come in. Most of us, when we came into this church, were a total mess. See? So, so they feel like I'm an outsider, I'm an outcast. All these people's lives is great. But we need to take that experience and help them. Say, hey, I've been where you at. I felt what you felt. I understand where you at. See, and use those life experiences to to help and benefit other people. That's what it's for. See, that's why all of us have different experiences in life, so the sum total of us can cover anybody. That makes sense. Number eight. Ants understand seasons. 
what you do as is as important as when you do it. And that's what I was saying a while ago. Take 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 that always to God. And say, what do you want me to do? Number nine. Ants often work underground, unseen, uncelebrated, but remain focused and motivated to achieve their goals. And you, and this is basically what I just said. People come in, they see you where you are, not what you had to go through to get where you are. And that's that's the difference in in getting if people understanding that. They have to do the work. Nobody can do it for them. I can't believe for you. I can't have faith for you. I can pray with you. I can stand with you. I can encourage you. But it's up to you on that choice. God, God makes you make that choice. Number 10. Ants do not complain when other ants have a nicer colony. We've all been guilty of that. Haven't we? Look around what, what everybody else has got. I'm kind of hurt because I want to get down to this bottom here. So I want to kind of sit today. Ants never blame their environment. Ants don't make excuses. Number 12. Ants refuse to be told no. Why? Deuteronomy 28 promises us that we don't have to take no for an answer. It can, it can be yes. It can be yes. You know, you know, you need to, you need to say, you know, things, you know, why can't that happen to me? If it happens then, why can't it happen to me? Why can't, you know, you can catch that. You think they caught a break. Maybe, maybe they worked their way through that, but that same thing can happen to you. I mean, we all just say, well, you know, that could never happen to me. I could never have a life like that. You know, I could never do this. Well, what are we doing? We're cycling that poverty mentality. If whatever your dream is, you can do it. If you're willing to do the work to get to it. Alright? Little hinges spring, hinges swing big doors. Ants, through small and seemingly weak to the human eye, were so prosperous and wise, the richest king who ever lived instructed his protégés to study the habits for success. Can you learn from the insect? The richest king who ever lived used ants as a business model, which leads us to the next building block for prosperity, the mentor you decided to trust. Now, I want to go to Isaiah 61. And this is something we've talked about a good, good time ago. Anybody know what the wall is? Anybody that's been in athletics, you know what the wall is. It's a place where you get when you say, I can't go no further. I'm at the end of it. And every you coach or every who you're around, it could be, you know, anybody that works hard knows what the wall is. But if you stay with it, you keep pushing, keep pushing. We call it a second wind. We get that second wind and we feel refreshed. That extra burst of strength comes. I reckon Mark said adrenaline started flowing or all them chemicals that he talked about during those lessons, you know, and we bust through and we don't feel as tired. That's a physical wall. But there's also a mental wall. And that's where most of us, most of us get bogged down is on the mental wall. We just don't want to do it. We get up that day and we just don't want to put no effort in nothing. See? We just don't. But that may be the day that that breakthrough is right there. And when you choose to not do your best that day, that might be the day you miss that opportunity. You have to break through that wall. You have to approach every day 
with, with, with energy and excitement because you never know what's going to happen to you that day. See? We have to break through that wall when we feel like, well, I just want to sit around today. I just really don't feel like doing nothing. So your feelings don't mean nothing to the wall. you got to bust through it. See? And go on them. And then there's a spiritual wall. <clears throat> we got a spiritual wall. You ever prayed and you felt like you didn't you just bouncing off the ceiling? You wondered, did God hear, did God hear me? You got, you got no feeling inside. Because we're not supposed to walk by emotions, but 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 we do, you know. We just can't feel like we just can't find God. That's that spiritual wall. See? The devil don't want you to find God. He don't want you to experience it. So what what the Bible says? The Bible says that what? For the spirit of heaviness, what? We put on the garment of praise. You know? Man, my my hand hurts, but thank you, Lord. My other hand don't hurt. My feet don't hurt. My arms don't hurt. And we instead of focusing on what you don't have, focus on what you do have. See? Oh, I, I don't know how I'm gonna pay that. Nope. Hey. I can't pay that bill, but I didn't pay these bills. Thank you, Lord. I got these bills paid. Thank you, Lord. I got, I got some food. Thank you. See? Put on that garment of praise, and that begins, let's go to Isaiah 61. That begins to break, break through. I'm gonna read the majority of this chapter. Now, you'll find this also in Luke chapter 4. This is prophecy about Jesus, and then what we have is our inheritance after Jesus came and died. This is what's in Isaiah 61 here. Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the open of prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance, to all that comfort and mourn. That's what... The first few verses of, of Luke 4 say, but I'll read this chapter, I'll show you something here in verse 2 first. Jesus came to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, I'll give you some homework. It's called the Jubilee. In the Old Testament, God every 50th year set everybody free. In Israel, every debt was forgiven. If you had mortgaged land and lost it, you got your land back. Because He gave each tribe an inheritance. See? And He saw to it that every 50 years, everybody was put back exactly like they was when the inheritance was given out. See? And if you read the Old Testament, it had differences. If you loan money on this year, you charge so much interest. But if it, the closer it got to the Jubilee, you know, the, the, the less money you could loan and things because you you don't want to make bad business deals. But Jesus came and He's our Jubilee. We have the Jubilee. We have the release automatic when we get saved. What And you need to, you need to study the Jubilee. The, it, it says seven years of seven. It's the 49th year into the 50th year. And it tells you all the things that were Israel's benefit by the Jubilee. You know, all that debt that was, you know, we, you know, you should believe in supernatural debt cancellation. You should believe in supernatural provision, supernatural protection. That's what all that talks about. And Jesus came and said, I am your Jubilee. I set you free, see. Now what Lord will work with me on, how does free people think? How does a free person act? 
no matter what that sum of money is to certain people, it means nothing no more than a dollar to me. If I ask Lee for a dollar, that don't challenge Lee. She's free of that. But if I ask Lee for $10,000, then all of a sudden she ain't free no more. Her mind begins to get struggle with that. See, how does free people act? We free, folks. We're the head, not the bottom. We never the bottom. We always the top. I mean, it takes, we may lose a few battles to get to the top. But we're the top. We're not the bottom. You've got to start seeing ourselves as the top and not the bottom. All right, let's read on. Verse 3. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He might be glorified. Now, this is what I want you to see the rest of these verses. This is us now. And they shall build the old waste. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Now you know about generational curse. You hear people talk about it. He said whatever that desolation is in your family, whatever that destruction is being in your family, what's just you, your parents, your grandparents, Jesus came and broke that off of you. Broke that yoke of poverty. Broke that yoke of, of generational sicknesses. He came and broke that. And He said, if you'll follow these precepts, He'll show us how to build and restore that back. And then we don't pass those generational curses. Because curses, generational curses are all by thinking. We talk about being broke. Talk about being poor. Talk about being sick. So then our kids come up what? Talk about being broke. Talk about being sick. Talk about not having enough. See, we passing that on to them. Verse 5. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. The son of the alien shall be your plowman and your vine dressers. Ye shall be named the priests of the Lord. What does Hebrews say? That we, when we get saved, we are kings and priests. But none of us are acting like a king. We're not acting like a king. We're acting like servants and we're acting like, like poor, poor people, see? But He made us that. Men shall call you ministers of our God. Ye shall eat the riches of the Gentile. It says the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. All that money that all these people don't know God is accumulating it. They're doing it to give it to you. To get you where you need to be in God. You need to lay claim to that. You need to start believing for that supernatural provision. Those those riches that are laid up for the Gentiles. And in their glory shall you boast yourself. Now look at this. Don't you see, see these next few verses. For your shame you shall have double. Every time you've been embarrassed. Every time you felt inferior. Every time you felt intimidated. Jesus came to give you double on the other side of that. To give you back the double. To give you, put you in a place. See, the Bible says that your children, and, and, and you should read this, I do every day for my kids, that they're taught of the Lord. Isaiah 54. And great is the peace and the undisturbed composure of my children. See, they they don't get pressured into doing things. If my kids do something, I know they do it with their eyes wide open. Because they know better. See? But also it says your children shall be like olive plants all around your table. So, but you got to understand, 
in, in, in Israel, people that out of plants were influential and prestigious people. Not everybody had olive plants. Poor people didn't have olive plants. See, your children should be influential. See? They should have prestige. See? Because that is a benefit I have when I accepted Jesus. See? And we have to instill that. You are somebody. Instilling the kids. You are somebody. You Don't ever let anybody tell you you're not somebody. You're prestigious. You're influential. Your life as you go will begin to show those. You'll begin to display those traits and those, and those characteristics. For your shame you shall have double. For your confusion shall they rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land shall they possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be in. Everything that the devil stole from you financially, physically, you can receive double back. You just got to trust the promise. You got to put pressure on the promise. You got to believe the promise. You got to stay with it and mull over it and think about it and talk about it and look at it. Until it becomes part of you and you begin to expect it, that's when faith comes and you have what you, what you see, see? For I, the Lord, love judgment. I hate robbery for burnt offerings. I will direct their work in truth. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. And here, so remember, I told you, everything God does is about your seed. Verse 9. And their seed, my seed, shall be known among the Gentiles, their offspring among the people, all that see my seed shall acknowledge them that they are the seed which the Lord hath blessed. Your seed are blessed. You gotta believe it. You gotta receive it. See? Alright? How much time we got, Marcus? In no seven. We got seven minutes. Alright. Page 31. Anybody got anything on that? I know I've been doing a lot of talking today and give y'all a chance. Well, didn't they have even before the seventh, seventh, for each of the seven years, then they have a reduction in debt for uh-huh. giving back after that. That's right. Seventh year as well. But yep, they did all, it, it comes all the way up to the Jubilee in total debt release. Total whatever. And the, how, how being free to look and how being prosperous. <coughs> that's the thing that we, we say we, well, I hear a lot of people talk about it, and, and then most of what they're talking about is receiving. Something from someone else, but it's mm-hmm. not uh, how he got it, not, not if he wanted want to buy a lottery. It's all on someone and he just spending. But if he, he got it by working for it, he, he's busy figuring out how to make money. Come on, invest in time and money. Uh, uh, well, he's talking. Go to, go to John 8. I'll, I'll go ahead and show you all this. If you invest your money, you blindly invest in anything. It, Finally, get whatever it comes out to you. You don't do no research on it. You don't think that thing will help. We, mm-hmm. we, as, as in our youth, we don't put no time in that. Um, I think we're invincible in our youth. Yeah. So we, don't, we, don't, we don't. You know, just think like a child. You know, one, seven years before you have a child, the man and the woman, their DNA, all their the health benefits, all that they can physically give them. The better they can eat, the better they take care of themselves, the better they can provide for their physical and for the next. So they're, they're grown, then you, you got to live a life in front of them and teach them. You know. So we, we, don't think, we don't think about that kind of investment, though. That's right. That's right. Until you start getting older. <laughs> the older you get, the more you think about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about new replacement. <laughs> <laughs> 
right. Let's talk about. Uh, let's go to John chapter eight, and I'll show you this. Um, last year, I can't remember exactly when. Uh, I, I come across this, and, and, and the Lord began to 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 deal with me. Me and Miss Angie. I mean, for 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 the two or three years prior, I mean, it's, we had just been through hell on earth. I mean, it was just issue after issue, and, and nobody. I mean, we keep our problems private. All right. We don't go around and advertise them, and, and so, you know, and, and you shouldn't either. Because all you do when you talk to your problems is people just gonna go gossip about you. That's all it's gonna be. They're not, most people are not interested in helping you. They're interested in talking about you. You know. As we, 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 we were just taking it on the chin. Just, I mean, just left and right, left and right. Um, so anyway, I want to show you this real quick. We, we got five more minutes. Let me read these two verses before I get sidetracked. Uh, John 8, verse 31 and 32. Then said Jesus to those Jews who believed on Him, If you continue in My Word, then are you My disciples indeed. Now that is is not a great translation. He's talking about if, if you decide to be disciplined and stay in the Word. A disciplined person stays in the Word. You will know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. And I really, really pushed hard for many days with the Lord on this. What is that truth? If I can find out this truth that He's talking about, I can get free of all this. What, what, what is that truth? What is that truth that was... And I pushed and I pushed and I prayed and I pushed. I, said, I got to know this. Because if I can just find out what that truth is, then all this stuff has to be free. But before I become that answer... Everything but God's by faith. And that's where I, I made those statements. I go about if 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 I was free from this problem, how would I act? If I was free from this financial issue, how would I act? I got to start acting that way now, because faith calls things that be not as though they were. I'm calling something in the future to me now. So, however, I would act if I didn't have that physical need, that financial need, that whatever the need is, child need, how would I act? Then I have to start acting that way now. Because the Bible says we believe we receive it when we pray, not when we have it. See, i got to start acting that way now. But then as, as I pushed and, and, and I studied, and there's several more scriptures we don't have time to, to, to get. I, I give these and you can write them down and you can, you can look at them. If not, we'll pick it up next week. But I, I own it. I don't want to leave y'all hanging. I'll, I'll finish what I was saying. John 15 and 7. Galatians three thirteen through 21. And Romans 8 and 2. That, those are the companion things that I, that I studied out to, to, to go with this. I'm sorry. Um, John 15 7. Galatians three thirteen through 21. Romans 8 2. Or the truths. It talks about being redeemed from the curse, etc., etc. But but that word know there in verse 32 means to have intimate knowledge or an intimate understanding. So by being disciplined and staying in the Word, I get an intimate understanding. Uh, you know, like, like, like Mark and Lee, they've been married a long time. They understand each other without even talking. Right? I mean, it's just that you have that knowledge from spending that time with them. That's what that word means, to have intimate knowledge, like a husband and a, and a wife. I have that intimate knowledge of the truth, 
And the truth will make me free. I don't, I'm not doing anything. That truth that I get this truth, it's going to make me free. It's going to do the work for me. It's going to be the one that, that sets me free. See? But then I learned that word truth, the Bible says His Word is truth. So it's actually me staying with that Word until I develop enough faith to believe it can happen to me. And then that Word will set me free. And I'll be forever free of that problem. I won't have to relive it ever again. And So we'll talk about this some more maybe next week. Or y'all can go re-listen to it on the podcast. Y'all have a